Well, good morning, Grace. Those of you that are here, um, you, you, wow, did you, we might be spending the afternoon here, so I hope you enjoy the people you're sitting around. But listen, before we start, I mean, Happy New Year. Wow, we, we gotta, we're going to start over, okay? We're going to start Monday. Monday's the new year, okay? Let's, let's pray for our country. Things, 2020, did you ever think you'd say, man, I miss 2020? <laughs> what a week. Dear God, let's pray. Lord, you, you command us. You, pr- you tell us that, first of all, we are to pray, give petition, intercession, and thanksgiving for all the people, the kings, and all who are in authority over us, that we might live peaceful and quiet lives, filled with godliness and holiness. And this is good. This pleases our Savior, who we saved and come to the knowledge of you. Lord, I'd ask that you would put on our hearts to pray for all the people in leadership, that you would cause them to be true and to be honorable. As it says in Jeremiah, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those who have been carried off into the exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters into marriage so that they too would have sons and daughters increase in number and seek peace and prosperity for that city that has called you into exile, that has destroyed your town and taken you away from those loved ones. Pray for peace and prosperity for that town. Pray the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And this the Lord Almighty says as well, the God of Israel, do not listen to the liars those who divide the house and split up your families and deceive you. Do not listen to liars and dreamers who encourage you to do things that are against the kingdom of God. For they prophesy and they lie, not in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. Lord, I'd ask that you would help us sort out what is propaganda and what is true. What is the kingdom of God that we live for and what is temporary and transitional? Help us be a body of believers and the church itself at large would be so enamored with your holiness and so longing for a presence with you that we would put in appropriate places the things around us. If you call us to be courageous, let us be courageous. If you call us to be passive, let us be passive in our courage. But Lord, call us to do your will and give us the courage to do that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's, let's start over. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay, good. Listen, this is a great year for grace. Um, and I want to tell you about how we can become like C's this year. Let me introduce someone to you. This is Eugene uh, Robinson. He's famous. I mean, he's, he's famous good and he's, he's kind of famous bad. He's famous good. 16 years with the NFL, three trips to the Super Bowl. He has a ring. And that's not bad for a kid that weighed 130 pounds as an upperclassman in high school. Didn't get recruited out of college, had to fight his way onto the team. He plays the position of free safety. Now, free safety is the last guy on defense between the goal. He's the last guy to stop a touchdown from happening. Usually the fastest guy, sometimes the fastest person on the field. If you get past the free safety, you get six points. And this is a man who knew how to play the game. He was famous. His reputation was famous. 
good man, uh, loved giving back to Hartford where he was from, would go back multiple times a year and give gifts and money, speeches, helping inner city kids figure out a way how to get out of that trap. He was honorable. As a matter of fact, on January 30th, 1999, he was given the Bart Star Award. And here's what the Bart Star Award is for. He who best exemplifies outstanding character and leadership in the home, on the field, and in the community. That was the morning before the Super Bowl 30 when he played in. That's how he started that weekend, getting the Bart Star Award. Later that night, he was arrested for the solicitation of prostitution. Yeah, he didn't sleep that night, as you would imagine. And the other team knew that. And so they went long. And his team lost because he wasn't as fast as he could have been, would have been, should have been. He didn't lose. The team lost. The team lost the ring. The team lost all that bonus money. Everyone on the team, the guy that sets up the little tees before the kickoff, he lost bonus money. Because this man, Eugene, decided to do something that was against everything he believed in. It cost him. As a matter of fact, he gave back the Bart Star Award. He knew better. That was 20 years ago. Eugene Robinson still travels and tells stories. He goes to tell younger players not to do what he did. He says this, he said, you've got to stay in the game for the team. And this is interesting. He said, I, did, I forgot the reason I was there. I forgot the reason I was there. Anyone listening to me forget the reason you're here? You just get lost, distracted, bored. This is the reason you're here, to glorify God with your life. How do you do that? By becoming like Christ in all of life and telling others about Jesus Christ and guiding them to become like Christ in all of life. This is, a, this is a great year for grace. I mean, we got to seize this year. And what we're talking about right now is grace going forward, grace forward. And the key here is, is when we talk about grace going forward, it's not like this, the institution of grace in mass going forward, because that's not the way we do things here. It's about team grace. It's about all of us on the, on the team getting competition ready, right? In competition shape, right? In like playoff condition. So our spiritual lives are up to tune. Our souls are where they ought to be. We are becoming like Christ in all of life because if we all are that way, then we can play, we can play team grace and play to win. It's up to all of us. It's up to each of us for all of us to be this way. Don't be Eugene Robinson. The world has changed. You are working from home. We do school from home. We do ministry from home. Wait a minute. That's never changed here at Grace. Every believer is a minister. We've always said the ministry is out there, not on this campus. Yeah, we do ministry here on campus, don't get me wrong, but not essentially, not primarily, it's out there. We've always believed that every believer is a minister. We've always thought the priest, you're the priest for your neighborhood, your workplace, wherever. Look, it's right out of the Bible. First Peter, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest. You a holy nation, God's very own possessions. As a result, 
you can show others the goodness of God. He called you out of darkness and into this wonderful life. <laughs> so it's a whole new way of doing ministry. Nah, it's not. Grace going forward is what we've always done. We're just going to seize this year. And one of the reasons it's like strategic for us is because people are at home all the time. And you, and you connecting with your neighbors, you've had 10 months to get there. We're like actually having neighborhoods again. And so going forward, Grace Forward looks like this. It looks like a focused application where every believer is a minister here and we're getting in competition shape, competition condition. The, the, first, the last two weeks of our series together, we'll do four weeks. The last two weeks are gonna be like how, how we're gonna go through that corporately. But these first two weeks have been about one, what does it mean to become like Christ in all of life? Set some goals for yourself. And then two, today, today's super over the top practical. How do you get in competition shape? in competition condition. So first, last week, real quick, here was the review. It's your whole life to become like Christ in all of life. Look what it says in Thessalonians, how we talk about the whole man. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The definition of mankind, definition of man is body, soul, and spirit. And so hopefully you made some body, soul, and spirit type of goals. Today we talk about how to get those goals accomplished, how to get into competition condition, okay? So, so the key to this is perseverance. It is, that's the problem. And so, because, the, the, because anybody, can, anybody can have attributes um, or, you know, an esteemed kind of per presence for a short period of time, right? I mean, I could, I can, you know, you can be, sm appear to be smart or like in, in condition or, or spiritual or caring. Right? It's, 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 it's the distance that finds us out. It's the ability to endure that, that, that shows ourselves to have those attributes essentially in our souls. And so when we talk about getting in competition uh, uh, condition, we're talking about like how to endure well. And so what I'm gonna do today, I'm, we're gonna talk about keys to endurance, steps to take, attitudes to have so that you can plow through the I wanna quit part of life. Everything you want, for the most part, worth having is you're going to have to work for. And so the work, how to do this work. So I'm going to look at three descriptions, right? Three ways to start strong and end strong. Three principles, three points, three applications. Here we go. Ready? Write this down. One, keep the goal in mind. The fundamentals of endurance is to have the prize in your mind. You visualize it. You're tasting it, touching it. You can see the finish line. You can see yourself getting that diploma. You can hear the voice of God. What is the goal? What is the goal? And watch, watch how even Jesus does this. Watch how the writer of Hebrews, we don't know who that is, but watch how the writer shows us how Jesus endures. Shows how he is not gonna lose heart. He's not gonna grow weary because he's gonna one, he's gonna focus. He's gonna take off all the stuff that would possibly hinder that progress. And then he's just going to visualize the joy set. Looks at the goal, watch this. Therefore, 
since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance. There's our word, the race marked out for us. Here's how Jesus did it. Let's, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. That's the goal. Let's fix our eye on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Here's what he did, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and not lose heart. The author and the perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ says, here's how you do not grow weary. Here's how you don't lose heart. You focus on me and I was focusing on the joy set before me. You have that goal, and here's the key to the, here's the here's the key to keeping the, the goal in mind. Write it down. Write it down. Statistically, the number of people that write down their goals achieve them far more than people that have it in their mind. Think about it a lot. Hope, hope, hope. Write it down. Put it everywhere you look, and then see that as your goal. Have a goal for your body, like you're gonna stop eating so much or stop drinking so much. Your body is what you eat, what you drink, and how much you sleep. That could be the goal that you set. You could have a goal, a goal that's pretty simple. A goal for your spirit, it gets more complicated, or rather your soul. The soul is defined by like who you are and maybe how you were raised, you know, the way you were made, that way you're raised, intellect, emotion, will. But you could, you could set a goal like, I will not, there's this aspect of my upbringing that continues to influence the way I treat other people and I will not be a victim to that. I will no longer let the way I'm made influence blank and blank. It can show up with a goal that's, in, that's focused on your intellect or on your emotions or on your, your volitional life. You could set a goal that's talking about an aspect of your personality that must change. Or maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your relational skills, or maybe it's just adding a friend or maybe confronting a friend. That's what it looks like as a soul goal. The spiritual goals are like a <laughs> become like Christ in all of life, become like Christ in your body, become like Christ in your soul, become like Christ in your spirit. That is to have a deep relationship with the Father like Jesus had, where he talked to him and he heard his voice. That's my goal. I wanna hear God's voice. I wanna have an intimacy with Jesus Christ in such a way that when the spirit speaks, it's not contaminated by noise and I can hear him and I can respond back. And I wanna do things that I wouldn't do unless he told me to do it. And I heard him tell me to do that. Another goal for Becoming like Christ in your spirit would be one of the fruits of the spirit, for example. Look those up in Galatians. How does that happen? How does the spirit's the case? It's a little more complicated because it's spiritual, but you look for ways to maybe Bible, prayer, worship, um, evangelism, impact. Point is, you write down the goal. You write down that goal. There's a goal for your body, your soul, and your spirit, and you put it in front of you. You write it down. Jesus never said perseverance was going to be easy. He just said perseverance would be worth it. Second, second principle, decide ahead. Decide ahead. It's called vision making. 
okay? Because, you know, your motivation to get better, that's, that's cute. You know, your passion, oh please, it's discipline. Discipline wins the day. That's how you're successful. And the, the definition of discipline is advanced decision making. Like, here's an easy example, right? When's the worst time to go to the grocery store, right? When you're hungry and you don't have a list. Where are you when you're hungry and you don't have a list to the grocery store? Oh yeah, right in front of the ice cream. You have you, cute, you and your cute little basket. I'm gonna need a cart, a big cart. I'm gonna empty this ice cream bin right here, right now. There's no, you can't win in that scenario. People, you just know that. And so the idea is you go, you plan ahead, advanced decision-making. Here's what it looks like. When you're right with God, you're sitting down with your Bible. Your palms are up like because it's a, like your soul is open to hear his voice and to do his will no matter what. Maybe you're having input from a good, strong Christian friend that's challenging you. You're getting input from that person. You're fundamentally surrendered to the Holy Spirit. There you go. Now start making some decisions about your body, your soul, and your spirit. Because if you wait till the heat of the moment, you've already lost. If you wait till you're weak, you'll be found out. If you wait till there's, like, there's battle going on, you'll be wondering, wow, I wish I had more ammo. It's too late already. Decide ahead. Advanced decision-making is the definition of discipline, and that's how you persevere. Three things you need to decide early. Three areas. One, decide ahead. Easy wins. Easy wins. Here's how you succeed. You succeed with a progression of a bunch of easy victories. You don't, if, you're, if you don't put, if you, if you make the goals too big, you'll never succeed and you'll be so defeated. Like in your body, I'm gonna wake up early. I'm gonna start from what I heard, 4.30 is a good time to wake up. I'd say, pump the brake, Jacko. That's for him and he's crazy. So how about you do this? Wake up 30 minutes early, just 30. Spend the first 15 without touching any electronic device, reading your Bible some kind of devotion. Spend another, first 15 doing that. Another 15, a quick workout. A quick 15 minute workout at home. You can do that. See, that's how you're setting yourself up for success. Decide early to have an easy victory. You want an easy victory in picking a gym? Let me tell you how to pick a gym. You pick a gym where you walk in the door and they make you get in shape, okay? Like Orange Theory, the guy that runs the year Orange Theory. He comes here, he'll see him, he has orange hair. uh, Camp Gladiator. If you just show up, they're gonna, you're going to get swept up into the moment and you'll get in shape, whether you like it or not. It's an easy win. You go to a gym that's just vast you know, rows of machines and dead weight, nah. I mean, you, you can if you're good, but you already have that discipline. But if you're not, that's how you set yourself up for an easy win. That's an easy win in the body. Here's an easy win for the soul. Just pick, just pick a single attribute to start and maybe a single attribute to stop. Not, not the whole thing, you know, like courage. I want courage enough to stand up to my mom. Maybe you could just try standing up to your cat and like start there. Just if you can, and then like set a goal. I'm going to do something courageous once a week and just watch how that builds. Just a little, little incremental uh, uh, wins. Uh, gentleness, you know, I'm going to be a kind and gentle person. Start with the cat. Just start with the cat. 
that one's gonna be harder to do, honestly. So. Soul win, little steps. Spirit wins, spirit wins. Look, here's a, here's a simple spiritual win, attend church. Just attend church every week, whatever that looks like, okay? Whatever the safest way to attend church according to your doctor, okay? Because, and this is why it's important, advanced decision-making. Because if you make advanced decisions, oh, I'm going to church, oh, absolutely. Because then it won't affect your decision-making later on when you're making plans for Saturday night. Oh, I can't stay out too late because I'm going to church tomorrow. You're out on the lake back in the days when it was warm. Uh, we got to get in. It takes a long time to put the boat away. Uh, we need to make sure we're home and rested because we're going to church tomorrow. If you wait till Sunday morning to decide, especially on a day like today. Oh, no, no, no. You know, the people in this room right now, you decided a while back, didn't you? Yeah. Or your parents did and you're mad at them. So, <laughs> but... <laughs> Let me, but let me tell you the power of just attending church weekly. Uh, I mentioned last week, this, this national survey of mental health that's done for the last 21 years, it, it's released in December. I told you last week, 2020 hit an all time low in the 21 years that they've done that. And they have various categories of, of asking people about their mental conditions, mental health. There's, there's uh, genders, they break it up in different break subcategories, right? Gender and marriage status and income level and age and all that sort of thing. Everyone are at historic lows. Everyone. Well, there's this one exception. Look at this. Weekly, regular weekly religious service attendance. It went up four points last year. Up four. How was 2020 for you? It was awesome. What do you go to church every week? As a matter of fact, I do. Why? Why? Why could it go up? Because it's good for your soul and spirit to attend church regularly. How do you get there? You make decisions in advance. And let me tell you guys, <laughs> in 2000 years of church history, it has never been easier to attend weekly church service. Right now, wait a minute, I can smell it. Some of you guys have a fire going. Do you have a fire in the fireplace, Melinda? Yeah, most of you at home probably in your jammies. And you're thinking, Matt, these are my work pajamas. I also wear these during the week. Like, okay. All I'm saying is, it's been a pretty, it's a pretty good time to say, I'm gonna go to church each week, whatever that looks like. I'd say, make that one. Decide ahead of time. Make them easy wins, right? The second thing is you decide ahead of time to crash through the quitting points. Crash through the quitting points. You decide ahead, I will not comply and submit to pain. The very definition of endurance is the moment you hit, I don't wanna do this anymore, you crash through that moment. There's no such thing as endurance in pleasure. Okay, I'm gonna finish this bucket of Bluebell cookies and cream because I'm an endurance guy. They, no, there's not, that's not a thing. Endurance only applies to things that are difficult. And so you crash through those, you decide ahead when you feel that pain and suffering, too bad pain and suffering, you're gonna have to be left behind. So in the gym, here's one of the problems people have with gym, they quit too early. There's, there's very little evidence. If you worked out every, you know, in, in a regular routine for three to four weeks, there's a lot of times where you, there's almost nothing to show for that. Six weeks, something happens. 
And if you go two months, it shows up. So like sign up but for, to a gym for six weeks and crash through those, those breaking points. Now, let me just say this, especially in the context of body goals. If you're trying to stop something and you can't stop something, like alcohol consumption has gone through the roof, right? Over the COVID uh, situation. So now you, maybe your drinking levels got to the point like, I gotta stop this and you can't, there might be more to it than that. If you can't stop stress eating, let's talk. There's a ministry called Celebrate Recovery. It's for that eye-opening a moment where you realize, wait, I, I thought I had power over this. It might have power over me. I can't stop this. No shame. Let's just get on getting it working. Join Celebrate Recovery or 12-step program, and it'll help you over that addiction. But what I love about Celebrate Recovery is it's not just about physical addictions. It's about soul addictions too. I can't overcome rage. So soul, soul issues. You break through those moments where the, the, it's causing you to want to stop. You crash through those, those quitting points and celebrate recovery can help you with that too. Choosing ahead to crash through quitting points in a, on a soul level is the reason I'm still married and the reason I'm happily married like almost illegally happily married. But it, but it started our first five years of marriage and they were not good at all. Almost entirely my fault, never failed to fail. It was the easiest thing for me to do. And a lot of it looking back with some insight, it was because of, I was fighting demons of some of it, the way I was raised and some of it's the way I'm made. And I felt like I couldn't overcome those. And listen, there's a time in, in a marriage happens regularly where you, you can just quit. Doesn't mean divorce, it just means we're done. We're just gonna settle. And there's no real settling, it gets worse. And it, <laughs> it, it was very difficult to say the least. But here's the thing, Melinda and I decided way before that we would crash through quitting points. And we hit a point that felt like quitting. And so we were gonna break through that. And I sought the help of some very good friends, people that were like me and probably had fought those battles. I looked at my mentors that were like me and fought those battles. I went to professional counseling because I needed that kind of help. But we would not quit. And we blew through those. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I mean, the first five years, not fun. The last 31, come on now, come on. I'm the happiest guy on the earth. And it's because we decided ahead to break through the quitting points. That's, that's the gift you get on a soul level, advanced decision-making. Advanced decision-making in your spiritual life is every 10 years, about every 10 years, give or take, in the seasons of life, you're gonna stall. And the reason you stall is generally this, what worked for the last 10, it's not gonna work for this 10. And it's because God is calling you to a deeper sense of surrender, less of you, more of him. And each one of those less of you's are getting harder and harder to remove and they get deeper within, within you. The root, he's going into the root of this problem. And what, what he allowed you in his grace and mercy to stay with in your 20s, he won't in your 30s. 
And what he permitted in the 30s, he won't tolerate in the 40s. At each one of those times, you can get stuck or stranded at this wall. And if you don't decide, decide ahead of time, advanced decision-making to break through these quitting points, you can be left, hear me, you can be left at that wall for decades. Fear the patience of God. He'll let you sit in your little soup of pride or shame, but he's gonna call you to something deeper. And you'll see people and they'll talk about their spiritual lives in college and I could hear God's voice and we had such a great relationship. Yeah, that was 30 years ago. And the reason they're still talking about it is because they hit a wall, they hit a breaking point and they didn't decide ahead to do whatever it takes to plow through that. When I hit a quitting point, I am going to break through that. So you, you choose that ahead in your spiritual lives, in your spiritual lives, decide ahead. Easy wins, break through the quitting points, and third, get back up, get back up. You decide ahead, this is a life verse for me. For the righteous fall down seven times and they rise again, but the wicked, they stumble when calamity strikes. Failure. <laughs> there's, no, there's no shame in failure. There's, it's, it's not even failure unless you fail to, to learn from it. Stumbling, falling, getting knocked down, that's part of life. If you live long enough, no matter how much you plan, no matter how much you hope, no matter how much you think you control, you're gonna get knocked down. And today, you decide in that moment, what will you do? I'm saying do some advanced decision-making right now and say, I'm gonna get back up. Christianity does ne never prom pr promotes a, like a supernatural cure for suffering. It, it says there's a supernatural purpose or use for suffering. Jesus somehow, God enters our suffering. But there is suffering in our lives that can, that can knock us to the ground. The hottest flames are required to forge the strongest steel. The hottest flames are required to forge the strongest steel. And it can make you like Christ in all of life. It can. Serious illness, uh, financial ruin, maybe an affair in your marriage, prison time. That has all the potential of being life changed for the glory of God. It also has the potential to corrupt your faith, to abandon courage, to estrange you from Jesus, to think you have permission to be a renegade. But here's the thing, here's, here's, it's coming if it hasn't happened, or maybe you're down now. But when you get knocked out, you need to decide before you enter the cage, you need to decide right now, when you come out of the concussion and when you taste the blood of your own soul, that's your cue to get back up. You have to decide that right now in the sobriety of life, hearts open, palms up, spirit of God lead me, Whatever happens, I'm gonna get back up because sometimes only pain can tell the truth. And when that pain comes, Jesus never said it was gonna be easy. He just said it was gonna be worth it. Decide ahead of time. Here's how you endure. Here's how you endure. One, you keep the goal in mind. 
two, you decide ahead of time on those three critical issues. And three, you are never alone. You partner up. Never alone, you partner up. Proverbs says, you know these verses, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Ecclesiastes 4, though one may be overpowered and two can defend themselves, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. There is power in accountability. There, there is a, a, a magical energy in really great, true relationships. There, we have to even sometimes just tap into your competitive nature and do something along with someone else. There are very few stories in the Bible of people being all by themselves and thriving. There's, I think the only guy that's really alone in the Bible is Job and he wishes he were alone. He's got those four comforters, if you remember that. But everyone else has teamed up with someone because this is what success looks like. It's setting that goal and putting it in front of you. It is choosing ahead of time on critical issues and then finding a friend. That's how you succeed. The ultimate deal, the ultimate goal, right, right, right in this is just get in a group. Get in a group. You wanna get, you wanna change your body? You get in a group. Join a team and find our workout buddy. That's how it works. You want your soul to be better off than it was before? You get in a group, you join a team, you get a workout buddy. In spirit life, you get in a group, you join a team, you get a workout buddy so that you can hear his voice, so that you can do his will, so that you can live a life without regret. Big idea, get in a group, get in a group. I think that's gonna be one of the strategic applications of our grace forward is we would love team grace everyone on team grace to get in a group this year give it a try we're going to have a seven-week series starting in february we're going to go through the book of ecclesiastes in a survey fashion what if everyone was going through that together and i mean everyone i mean we can count right now on the high school the junior high meeting who knows about the children's ministry but they would be in small groups we don't know if they'll be meeting, but the junior high is, all the sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders, the high school kids, everyone in our church being in a small group of some kind, everyone in a group for the sake of our souls, for the care of our spirit. I'll talk more about that later on, but like how to get in a group and how to find a group or find your own groups, that sort of thing. But right now you can go to our website, Go to the web page, the lead page. It just goes down and it'll thing, this thing says, get in a group and you can pick a group from one of our various ministries or you can just get in a group and have our small group ministry get a group for you. But get in a group, get in a group. You've got to do this. You can't get where you want to be. No, who cares? You can't get where the Lord wants you to be in life without a friend, without friends, without a church just can't happen. Here's how to become like Christ in all of life. You set goals, God goals for your whole body, soul, and spirit. Write them down. You make decisions ahead of time about how you're going to endure when perseverance is required. And then you partner, partner up. You find a friend. You get in a group. You make it happen in community. You want to know where to start? Here's where I would recommend. 15 minutes, just 15 minutes. Start your day. Don't do another thing. Start your day with an open Bible and an open soul. Lord, I want to do your will today. 
I want to have the courage to do that. I want to hear your voice. I want to be with you. I want a story that can only be explained by your power. You could read the book of Luke. There you go. Maybe have a highlighter with you. Just highlight those things you feel like are speaking from God's spirit to your spirit. 15 minutes, pray. What do I do now? Start your day that way. See what happens. 15 minutes. That's a, that's a decide to ahead to easy win in soul and spirit. If you're parents of young kids, that's how you do that. And then you end the day with your child that way. 15 minutes. They're going to want to stay up 15 minutes anyway. Extra. Get in bed with them. Read a Bible story. Show them how to pray. Here's what happens, friends. It's just these little steps to success. A month goes by or maybe a year goes by. Years go by. And then you're that one with that Bible. It's all worn through. You're a person that's healthy in body and soul and spirit. You're like Christ in as many ways in your life as you could have possibly become. Mature, full, complete, content, giving, facing out, used by God, hearing his sweet and gentle voice. Think of the decades you could have with that kind of health, with that kind of health being used with the Spirit of God. Now, you get that? What if we were all that way? One plus one is five. What if grace were all that healthy? There's over 5,000 people that call this church their home. What if 5,000 of us were living by the voice of God, the Spirit of God, and the power of God? That'd be a year, wouldn't it? Give me that survey. Give me that survey. Watch those points go up. How'd it go 2021? Plus 20. Want to do that? Let's do that. Okay? Let's pray. Oh, dear God, we long for the goal in life is we envy the relationship Jesus had with you as an earthbound Adam. Hear your voice directed by your spirit, miraculous things because of the spirit's work in his life. God, we want that so badly. Lord, I'd ask that you would cause us to want that, want that bad enough to do what it takes. Lord, let us be a church like that. Not just a person or a group, but a church like that. You have made us ready for every believer as a minister in the places that you have sovereignly provided for us to live in and meet and, and touch. Lord, now if you just open our eyes to the, the ministry out there that's always been there, but open our eyes to all that we have now. Lord, make us that beautiful vessel that you choose to pick up first. Make us the sharp saw. Make us, you know, the, the, the clean cup. Make us the thing you wanna use because we're easy to work with, because we're surrendered to your will. We're caught up in your spirit. We're in the jet stream of what your kingdom is doing right here, right now, in the midst of this crazy. We're, we are that anchor. We're that stone that does not move, the lighthouse 
that calls other people to safety. Let's be that, Lord. Help us be that. Help me be that. And all God's people said in Jesus' name, amen.